0: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoy with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net.
1: Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao.
0: Welcome in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coming to you live and in person this morning from West Seventh, the TriStar Sports Radio Headquarters in Columbia. You know. It's nice to be able to hear myself this morning after yesterday not being able to because of the issues I was having with my USB Yeti microphone. So today I can hear myself. I can hear you guys. It's it's really a it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful day. I'm just ready to
2: be on for two hours uninterrupted by internet internet issues. issues?
0: Yeah that that will certainly be a positive. Yeah. So, so that will certainly be a positive um big show for you today as we bring you some preview of the Super Bowl because it it appears as of our last report that Shaq Mason will in fact be in studio this morning around 10 o'clock so we are very excited to bring you his insight
2: multiple Super Bowl
0: Veteran, yeah, multiple he's...
2: Super Bowl ring holder. <laughs> wonder if he'll wonder if he'll wear the rings. I, I,
0: I mean, I'd probably find one. I wonder if he'll wear a, a different ring. Sometimes, one like the ones like the ones we be seeing here at the studio quite often. Mm.
2: He could he could wear them all.
0: No, he couldn't. Could you imagine? Have you have you ever seen Pawn Stars? Like when they bring in the Super Bowl rings, <laughs> those things are like they're, they're they're twice as big as a quarter. Like there's like two quarters. Uh,
2: he's an offensive lineman. He's probably got yeah, big he's, hands.
0: He's got those hands. Yeah. We're here in a freshly cleaned studio as well. Coming here this morning, and all the services seem to be nice and clean. It was a it's pretty impressive.
2: Kind of had to. Rebuild the office a little bit, the studio, but... We did have to rebuild the but studio. But it's clean.
0: That's one reason why we're a little late. We had to rebuild completely, but at least it is clean. Uh, we're not yet on Facebook Live, but we will be soon. So if you're wait- if you're listening to us on the radio and waiting on the video, it's coming. Don't worry. Uh, not really a whole lot that we need to get to in this first segment. Although, I, I wanted to ask you guys, have you guys seen these new Nike shoes that are supposed to be hands-free? <laughs> no. Okay. Hands-free so, so you don't have shoes. to use your hands at all to put them on. Uh, apparently, a someone that has cerebral palsy has come up with a way to... It's like the shoe is in two parts, but it's connected at the sole. And when you take the shoe off... You push down with your toe, and the back of the sh- the heel comes out of the the actual outside of the heel. So you can slip your shoe, you can slip your foot out of the shoe, and then slip your foot back in. You press down with your heel, and it goes into the shoe. So like the back of the heel doesn't doesn't cave in mm-hmm. like some
1: shoes do. Huh. So
2: and so then you don't have to lace them up either, I guess. Yeah, called no, Kizik.
1: Is that what it is? Yes, I have a pair, and they're fantastic. Are they? Yes. I'm
0: glad that, because they look, um, they're just like these. You know, they, they have the.
1: Extremely mm-hmm. comfortable, worth the money.
0: I'm just saying, I think it's worth. Uh,
2: you should wear those in sometimes, JP.
0: Just so we can see. What I have, I just about. haven't shown them off. Oh, well, see, next time, show them off. Yeah, we, we need to see how these things work. In, in Between you and yours,
2: and, and Chris and his custom mates, so I'm feeling
0: a little left out. But <laughs> that's all right though. Well, <laughs> let's just say that uh, you got you got AirPods instead. <laughs> that was that was the other option. There we go. So we figured the uh, practicality was more important. So no doubt, no doubt, <laughs> and, I, and I got shoes. Do you? You have shoes. I have shoes. Some of them, anyway. I have shoes somewhere.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be back in studio and looking outside, even if it is a kind of a dreary day here in, in Columbia.
2: You know, it's kind of cool to step away for a few days and then come back to see the progress that's been made on West Seventh.
0: <laughs> yeah, progress, yes. There well, are. There it's are, relative. There are bricks and some concrete on the other side of the mm-hmm, road so on the far nice. side. Yep. That's nice. That's nice. Welcome in to our friends down in Franklin County. I know you guys are listening on WZYX, and we appreciate that as always. Um, I think that we have some interesting news to talk about in the high school world, and uh, that's available on sm-tnsports.com, but we will certainly talk about it later this hour. Uh, There were some... We got a chance to to watch a little bit of the Florida South Carolina game last night. Uh, heard that Alabama LSU got a little testy at some point.
2: <laughs> uh, Understandably so, so. Once you know the whole story, what's up
0: though? Yeah, I'm just uh, you know, I get it if you are. Trenton Watford and you you leave the state to go to LSU, of all places, like you didn't go to a Blue Blood, you went to LSU. Well,
2: it depends on your definition, maybe.
0: No. no. I mean, LSU basketball is not anywhere close to a Blue Blood. And you're talking about a five-star top 15 recruit going to LSU over Kentucky or – Anywhere else, which I know LSU's had a couple of one and dones recently, and
2: and that's that's what I was getting ready to ask. Was he in? Was he anticipating being a one and done, a la the the kid that's at Philly now? I think
0: he probably was. But if you are going to be, what a is one, that kid's name? Um, from LSU? Yeah. I, what that's, was his? That's sad. Yeah, I you know. It, I don't keep up with college basketball enough to know. Um, let's see here. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. That's it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I don't. I'm old. What's your excuse? I don't pay attention. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch a lot of college basketball until this year when. Because UT football was so bad. Well, mainly because there's less on um there aren't any really great tv shows on otherwise so
2: Meh. You, you didn't have predators until you stole your mom's
0: and you still work. don't have predators except i mean like it's not like it used to be mm-hmm. i mean you they're not playing on a regular basis like they were so it's kind of hit or miss i think they play tonight i uh, I think they're at. Uh, I think they're at Florida tonight. Um, yeah, they're at Florida tonight at six. So, and then they'll be at Florida tomorrow at six, and then Monday Tampa Bay comes here for a beatdown. Another one. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, we are now finally. Uh, on Facebook. So if you want to join us there, you can do that. You can join us on Facebook. You can let us know that you are listening or watching and comment. We can certainly interact with you there. We'd love to do just that. So join us on Facebook. We've got four watchers already. So thank you guys for tuning in.
2: Folks, has been Eagerly awaiting our arrival, huh?
1: They have. They're like, what? What? What happened? That's my secret. You uh, tease them. There you it's called go. It's we were fashionably late. Exactly. Uh-huh.
0: It's called being fashionably late. That's yeah. exactly right. All right, we're going to take a quick break here in just a second, but before we do that, let's give you the Thursday, Thursday, Thursday rundown. This is the rundown.
2: Short schedule last night but Columbia State's men went on the road and picked up an 85-79 victory at Ball State up in Gallatin. The host Lady Pioneers defeated the Lady Chargers 72-67. In SEC men's basketball action, it was Alabama 78 visiting LSU 60.
0: In tonight's schedule, in high school hoops, Columbia Academy's boys will host Valor Collegiate. And in doubleheader action in the OVC, Tennessee State heads up to SIU Edwardsville. Austin P takes on Eastern Kentucky on the road, and Belmont travels to Eastern Illinois. And that is your Thursday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. When we come back, we will talk to our friend um, Mo and JP about a story on our website. It's going to be uh, interesting. You're definitely want to stick around because in the middle of the year, we've had a resignation, but kind of doesn't really matter because he hasn't been around anyway. So we'll tell you about all of it on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com.
2: If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
1: Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted.
0: Yes, welcome back in 26 minutes past the nine o'clock hour, and we are coming to you again live from the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters here on West 7th in Columbia. We appreciate you guys tuning in on WZYX down in Franklin County. Also on the radio show, on the podcast, on Facebook, wherever you are listening. We appreciate you guys listening in. And on air, online, on demand. That is that is the handiwork of J.P. Plant right there.
1: That's
2: why he makes the big bucks.
1: It is <laughs> me and my original thoughts yes. Um but accurate and true. Somebody's got to have them. Yes, uh, they are accurate. That is correct. We we are um wherever you like to consume content such as this. Yeah. We strive to meet you there. Doing our best. With a with a big wave emoji as um, we arrive.
0: Um, <laughs> again, doing our best to find to to make sure you guys uh, are getting the information that you want. And if you if you want it, it's hard not to find it. That's the important part.
2: Just got to know where to look.
0: <laughs> hey, heck, we put it so many places, it's almost... It, In it, your face. Yeah, huh? we try our best anyway yeah. to make it as easy to find. sm-tnsports.com, it's all right there. This morning, uh, Mo, you posted a story about Independence girls basketball coach Brian Glazner, he's not been with the team all season. We were under the understanding or we were told. We were told. That he was stepping away for a family issue. Um, We were also told by unnamed sources that that wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, which was kind of confirmed in your story that there was actually an investigation of some sort. We don't know what the investigation was about, but uh, nonetheless, a resolution has now taken place.
2: Yeah. Um, Brian Glazner, who's been an assistant coach with various girls basketball programs across middle Tennessee and beyond probably for including
0: Franklin County.
2: Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, you guys are a little familiar with this name. Um, was hired as head basketball coach at Independence prior to the 1920 season um, after Whitney Baird resigned. He had spent the previous year as freshman boys coach at Independence um, working with Doug Kyle and um, had some success with that and took over the girls' program. They were 16-10 and 10 last year. Finished fourth in District 11, AAA, lost in the opening round of the district tournament in overtime to um, five-seed Ravenwood. But certainly market improvement. And though they had some personnel losses here over this past offseason and with everybody dealing with COVID and everything else, um, they were they were expected to build on that to some degree this time around. And then, you know, things kind of happened as the season approached. And like you said, he was not with the team at all this year. Stepped away um, in late October. Or uh, I'm not sure if stepped away is the right descriptive there or not. But um, he had been out of the building, according to Principal Nikki Patton, since the end of October as like you said the subject of an ongoing Which is investigation
0: really bad timing <laughs> for high school basketball for, for a high school
2: basketball t- team to lose its coach you know the end of October is typically not a good time so um
0: and they did I mean let's I mean let's be honest here they not only did they just lose some Personnel. I mean, they they lost their bell cow. Mm-hmm. They lost Jalen Banks, who was a freshman last year, but was clearly the best player on that team. And you know, five nine sophomore guard coming back gives you a much different look than without mm-hmm. five nine sophomore guard who can lead your team. And and.
2: That is, you know, as you watch this team, you know, spoke with Mary Beth White earlier this year, and she said 12 of the 14 kids that they were dressing were either freshmen or sophomores. Now, she would have been a sophomore, I guess, but still, from a, from a talent standpoint, she was kind of heads and shoulders above what else – they're working with at this point now they've got some they've got some talent they've got some young talent very young but um and and that's just a tough district to be in that position in but clearly they've had a lot going on both in terms of player personnel and with the coaching situation so
0: yeah, it's a it, it's a tough situation for them and it's unfortunate because that has been an issue all season long. They, you know, they had to probably learn an entire new system under uh, Mary Beth White and I'm not sure how, you know, how that Yeah, I'm out. Not, I'm not
2: sure how much of what they're doing is what they would have been doing had Glazner been in place. Um And even as you look forward now to the 21-22 season, this is going to be a team that will be under its fourth coach in four years.
0: Yes. Next year they will be. Right. Right. Um, Because, I mean, I guess Mary Beth was there before Whitney, right? Correct. (laughs) But, But yeah,
2: Whitney was there for two years. So, Whitney's last year, Glazner, Mary Beth and whoever they come up with for the upcoming season because this this position has been posted on the TWSWA's um bulletin board for for job vacancies and so apparently uh, so apparently Mary Beth will not be going forward as a girls basketball coach and I don't think that was her plan.
0: Yeah, I don't think she wants to. So yeah. understandably so.
2: Yeah, I mean she had stepped off the floor She's serving as athletics director. She's got a couple of young kids and understandably wants to kind of be freed up from that day-to-day responsibility of coach and stepped into the breach under these circumstances. But um, we'll be interested to see what direction they go in to fill this position. Uh, Nikki Patton said um, in the article that we've got up on the website at sm-tnsports.com, we posted it to get a jump. I'm sure there will be several changes at the end of the season. Since we already know about his position right now, we wanted to go ahead and post it. So, you know, ideally they can get somebody in place soon after this season ends and get started on 21-22.
0: Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, Brian Glazner resigned as independence coach, hasn't been there for – this entire season, hasn't been on the sideline at least. Um, Has
2: not been in the building. So So he also resigned his teaching position.
0: Correct. Um, And again, full story on sm-tnsports.com. We are on Facebook Live. Uh, Apparently, my dad missed the rundown. So uh, Alabama beat (laughs) LSU (laughs) 78-60. He did say, though, JP, that you're moving up uh, moving up the sun ladder due to Vandy getting first SEC win the other night. So long time coming. Congratulations! I don't know if you've moved past something, Mo. not the Vanderbilt. I don't know if you've moved past <laughs> me or moved past Mo, but you're yeah. up
1: on the ladder. Yeah. How many rungs are on this ladder? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's the great. real question. That's, that's a, a question. good. That is a good. Cool I think question. for Mo and I, that's something we need to know. That, that's information that's that's necessary. How many people are we having to climb over on these rungs to to move? You know, I'm just glad to be on the ladder. That's true. There's a lot to be said for being on the ladder. Yeah, so. just simply being on the ladder. Beggars can't be choosy. That's right. Uh, you
0: can be choosy. You
1: might not necessarily get what you choose,
0: but you can be choosy. <laughs> I like how Mo, the pickiest person on this show, talking about beggars can't be choosers. This guy.
1: That's just a Moism. That's another Moism, <laughs> right? Get off me i used to have so
0: (laughs) jp i had this idea when we first started this this whole thing i I had this plan where like when we would talk about random cities across the state that i hadn't had never heard of Mm -hmm. that we would have a little sound effect that would play and i would say you know what that sound means it's time for a fun fact with mo (laughs) And he would tell me a fun fact about that town that I've never heard of in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. like Chucky (laughs) Doke.
2: Chucky Doke is in Afton, right? Chucky Doke is not a town, right? It's a school. It's a school. It's in and it's in Afton, and and it's the merger of Chucky and and Doke.
0: See, Dad, they did name a school after you, Chucky. You and uh, you and Mister the the guy they named the Florida State Doke Campbell, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> stadium after <laughs> but I I don't know we need to come up with a sound effect for that because I always especially when we get into like regional play and mm-hmm. sub-state play and
2: once we start getting into those schools and towns that you've not heard and, of
0: and wrestling on Saturday <laughs> we'll start talking about places I've never heard of and, and I won't have any idea so anyway we'll get you schooled up it was a good plan though I thought Hey, uh, real quick We were supposed to have um, We were supposed to have Coach Ray Green, author of Coach of a Different Color, joining us in the 10 o'clock hour today Uh, Due to being able to Get Shaq in studio uh, Coach Green has, in fact Agreed to come on at 940 So we are Going to get a chance to talk to him this morning Really excited about that, so you're definitely going to want to Stick around, because uh, Ray Green has coached in at every at every level, um, and coached with Johnny Majors at Iowa State, so he's got some stories. Uh, I bet he's got
2: something to say.
0: He he, he probably does. He is a a great uh, teacher of young men, and his let's just say he helped break color barriers in Ohio uh, as a player and a coach. So black history month mm-hmm. feels like a really good time to talk about um, coach green and talk with him. Uh, I know coach green from his days as a, uh, he was a line coach for the Tennessee Valley Vipers and uh, great, great dude and has a lot of, Great stories, and we're certainly going to want to hear those.
2: Member of the Huntsville-Madison County Athletic Hall of Fame.
0: He uh, he actually coached, I think, at a and uh, I think he coached at Jackson State, or I'm not sure. Yes. but um, All of those. He's coached at a lot of places. Yeah. And everywhere he's been, he's been successful. So getting the chance to talk with him is going to be really cool. I uh, wasn't expecting to get to to talk to him this morning. So it turns out that we are going to be able to do so. So I wanted to make sure that you guys were aware to stick around after this upcoming break, because we will have coach Ray green joining us. uh, And you're not going to want to miss that. So visit us, uh, visit us on Facebook comment. We'd love to interact with you as we have been doing with uh, Chucky. Yao And (laughs) Jody has now commented. I'm not sure exactly what she was uh, responding to, but she said, so right. Uh, Probably just being on the latter comments.
2: No, she's probably referring to my knowledge of.
0: Towns? Yeah. Obscure stuff.
1: No, I think it was Chris's comment about the irony of you're the one. Oh, there we go. That is. That's um, exactly what um, it was. That's exactly
2: (laughs) what it was. The pigginess. The pigginess, Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what it was. If I were to take a gander. The one morning she chooses to listen.
0: (laughs) Everybody's piling on Moe today. That's all right. It's pile on Moe Thursday. I got big shoulders. I can tell (laughs) you. All right. We are going to take a quick break. And uh, again, stick around. You're not going to want to miss this as we talk to Coach Ray Green, author of Coach of a Different Color on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay tuned.
1: the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris.
0: Welcome back into to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, JP Plant with you here on this Thursday edition of the show. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We've got, got a great show as we have... Two fantastic guests to bring you, and we will start on the Parks Motor Sales hotline with a very important and exciting guest because Ray Green, as we told you on the other side of the break there, is among the color barrier breaking men in college football as he was the first black assistant coach to be hired by Johnny Majors in 1969 at Iowa State. Most folks in this state remember Coach Majors well from his time at the University of Tennessee. Huntland native. Huntland native. There you go. Um, So Franklin County Mm -hmm. folks certainly know Johnny Majors. Um, so right now we will bring in coach Ray green, author of coach of a different color, which just recently released in, in the last six months or so, I believe, uh, again, coach, is that right?
3: Yeah, it was released in September.
0: All right. All right. So welcome in. We appreciate you, uh, taking some time with us this morning to talk about your life and book and Coaching career, uh, former coach at Alabama a in Huntsville. I remember you coached when you were with the the Vipers. That was those were good back times.
3: In, yeah, back in the early 2000s, uh, Kevin Guy and um, Tommy Luganville, who Tommy now who's with uh, ESPN, and Kevin's moved out west doing very very well in the interleague.
0: Yeah, Coach Guy, he uh he certainly made a good living coaching in uh, indoor football, no doubt. I, I believe he could he could probably do something a little different, but the uh, the stress level might not be a, as low. Well, I'm tell
3: you something. Kevin Kevin's not a guy to become stressed, <laughs> but uh, I think he just likes a football. He can coach. Uh, you know, coaching is coaching, and uh, the game, the rules of the game, are a little different, but. Uh, He and Tommy both were uh, were excellent coaches and uh, could coach at any level or any any level of
2: football. Coach, it's funny that you say that because I was just getting ready to ask you. We spoke yesterday with an indoor football coach, um, Joe Campbell, with the Music City Fire up here in Nashville. And what did you find to be some of the biggest differences between 11-man football and indoor or arena ball You know, from a coaching standpoint?
3: Well, if if you want to make a comparison, compare um, pickleball with uh, tennis. That makes the game sense. is much. The game The game is much faster, and and decision making. Uh, you don't fool very many people in the ring football because the you, you can't uh, you can try try to change coverages and that kind of thing. But a good quarterback uh, will decipher what's going on, and that's, that's why you get a lot of points. It's hard to stop anybody. So when you say you've got a great defense and teams are averaging 40 points a game, because most people that don't follow in football will say, well, you're not playing great defense. But, uh, you know, and the game is faster for the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make decisions faster, and uh, you don't have as much time to throw the football. But, I mean, basically it's blocking and tackling and catching the ball. But you have to play defense. I don't care what league you're in or what kind of level you're in, the team that plays the best defense is the wins. <laughs> and when you say you have to play great defense and people score 45 points a game, that means you got to score 46.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Chris has often said if you get three stops, three stops in that's an arena football add. game, you got a really good chance to win.
3: That, that's right. That's what we always looked at three stops. Uh, you know, and if you make kick field goals three times, position's everything because once you get a, you know, you get a, a 14-point lead. If things just go according to oil, you win the game because you, can, you can't stop the other team from scoring. So you usually score when they make a mistake and then they don't score in their position. And then it's just a matter of who, who has the ball last in a lot of games. But I think it's a great game. And uh, I think the, um, the 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 leagues, the, the colleges, and, the, and, and even professionals are using a lot of things that the... Uh, Arena league uses in terms of bunch formations and that kind of thing, and trying to pick people off. So it, it's it's again it's football basically, but it's on a smaller field. As
0: Long as they don't start adding yo-yo motion in the NFL, I'll be okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what. Now I close up in Canada, in Winnipeg with the Blue Bombers, and uh, learned a lot about motion. I I think it would be great if you uh if you could have yo-yo motion. Uh, it, it gives the offense right now. Really has uh, the, the defense hasn't caught up with the offense since the spread formation came out. And the spread is not it's not that new. as the guys. It used to be the run and shoot, which we ran many years ago when I was a high school coach. But uh, motion gives you a lot of problems in defense in terms of the defense making adjustments and that kind of thing. And I don't want to get all technical on you, but yeah, but uh, I, I don't. I doubt that. I we'll doubt that will ever will ever change your, your motion, but. It's a great advantage to be coming off that line of
2: scrimmage, full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had a chance to watch a little Canadian ball and and a, a little Arena ball as well. And and like you said, when you've got that full head of steam already up at the snap, that that really forces the defense into some some bad situations sometimes.
3: Well, you know, in Canada, you can move everybody at once. All of them get moved.
0: Yeah, it's, it, Canada <laughs> is a wild game. I remember when yeah. we had that when we had that team in Birmingham for a year, and it was oof interesting. It was it was hard to understand, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. You mentioned the run and shoot coach. You were a part of one of the first ever run and shoot offenses at, when you were in high, a high school. Coach, were you not?
3: Yeah, well, uh, you know, it, it, uh, in my first year of I, I coached as a graduate assistant at U.S. was Akron, but my first year as a high school coach. We went down to the All Star game in Ohio Ohio, and uh, there's a guy by the name of Tiger Ellison from Middletown High School. Now Middletown High School was the Jerry Lucas, a basketball player back in the day. But but Tiger Ellison was a great football coach at a love he gave me. It had a couple bad years. And he uh he he decided to try something different. And uh, you know, he put the line on one side and the backs on the other side and he, he built it to a running shoot with four wide receivers. Wide well, slot to lead side of the field. And he was down there coaching at the clinic. And uh, we got a chance to talk to him. And I was sold on throwing the ball. And at that time, you know, Woody Hayes was a guy in Ohio. Uh, you know, you ran the schoolhouse tee in the three yards in a cloud of dust. And I always, uh, even as a high school player, we had some kids with a lot of speed that never got a chance to catch the ball. And it was always in the back of my mind, even as a youngster, why wouldn't we just split this guy out and throw him the ball where he can use his speed? And when I heard Tag Ellison, Lee, we talked with that. But I was sold on doing that. And we we ran for well, about about first. Well, we ran for all the time I was coaching in high school, and uh people couldn't stop us. I mean, we were scoring 50, 60 points a game because it was something new, and people didn't quite know how to defenses. And we didn't know what we were going to see each week on defense. Uh, it's much like uh, the guy I can't forget. One of the Super Bowl was the Bears uh, from BYU. I, was, I, I visited there one time. And he he said the same thing. they didn't run the run shoe, but it feels the ball quite a bit. McMahon. and Damn. he said he said he said we we didn't know what we were going to see week to week, but as the game progressed after the first quarter, we knew and you know, people couldn't stop us. Well, it was the same one for the running shoes. And now that they they they've they've, uh, they've changed it to the you know the spread, and there are a few things different, but basically it's a full out defense where our uh, offense were you you read the receivers and you run option routes
2: and that kind of stuff. And uh, it is really a great offensive, offensive concept. We're visiting on the parks motor sales hotline with Ray green, longtime football coach, both collegiately at the high school level and some professional as well. Member of the Huntsville Madison County athletic hall of fame. Um, from his days as a coach at Alabama A and M did two stints there. And and coach I was asking Chris off the air if um, that would have been at the time that John Starworth was there and he was telling me that you got there just after he left. But um you know, having some familiarity with Tennessee State up here, we got we a lot of folks around here know about Alabama A and M and the football program that they've had there. And so um you know, what, what are your biggest memories from your time there?
3: Well, when, when I, you know, I was, uh, I had been at, at uh, Michigan State. And because uh, I was looking for a head, I, you know, I, I thought everybody wanted to be a head coach. But I was an, assistant, an offensive coordinator at Michigan State with Darrell Rogers up there. And um, Jim Dyer, who had lived in Huntsville with the old Huntsville Rockets to somebody with the semifinal team, who, uh, and he had, he had, Lived here, but he was coaching at Tennessee at the time with majors. And Jim called me and said, "Ray, you know, there's a job open in Huntsville. If you'd be interested, I know some people down there that you might want to talk to." So that's how I got the entry in there. So, but memory-wise, uh, when I got here, they had had several losing seasons. Uh, coach Cruz, of course, I think is one of the greatest men and coaches that's ever been up there or anywhere. He's an outstanding person and coach. But uh, they've fallen on hard times. I looked at some of the film, they used film, I'll tell you how long ago they were using film instead of tape, but I looked at the, the, that, that team, and I saw, boy, I said, why is this team losing? You know, I, this was during the time I was doing the interview the next morning. They had they had, they had they had talent, they had some depth, and a lot of young kids, but they were losing games. And uh, I said, this is a team I'd like to coach, so I went to the interview, but I had a and. Uh, I was freewheeling and, and I ended up getting the job. But I, I guess uh, one of the best moments I had at A&M was we played North Alabama, and had never beaten North Alabama, and they were ranked I think number one or two in the country. And they came to Huntsville and we beat them. And people, you know, people say we had no chance, no chance. But we had some great football players. But when I came there, I just asked them one thing. I said, "Look, if you guys want to win and you're willing to try to do what we ask you to do." I said, we've got a, a, a good staff, and we'll give you the tools to win with if you're willing. Well, we, we, we they did. But then the second year, we had a little left because some them fell back into some bad habits that we, we kind of averaged the second year. But we, we got better than won the championship uh, that third year. But that was that, that was one of the first things that I noticed. Well, I guess one of the biggest moments was beating Tennessee State. Uh, <laughs> they came, they came we, 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 beat, we, beat them, we beat them twice. Uh they were undefeated and we went up there to play them and it was an interesting story I thought because the bus broke down the way up there is why I said I never want to go to uh, travel to a game on game day was, mm-hmm. we, money-wise we couldn't afford to stay overnight but we got there late, and our kids were the, the stands were filled and we were in the locker room getting dressed and we went up there and we beat them when they were undefeated and uh uh, again, you know, they, I, I, I don't know whether they were ready to play us or whatever, but we we had athletes to compete, and uh, and we did. But that was one of the greatest moments. Uh, the North Alabama game that Tennessee State game, and then the first time we beat Jacksonville State. And, of course, hey people now. always said, well, <laughs> <yep."> <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jim before, I'll tell you what, Jacksonville was always our biggest rivalry. People were awfully mad at me uh, in impulse because Alabama State was our biggest rivalry. But when you talk to people here, when we I got ready to play Jacksonville, the 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 fever was high when we played Jacksonville because people wanted to beat them, and we we ended up beating them by beating them by the Milton Frank. So those those were high high moments when we were supposed to lose games, and our team came up. We won a lot of games that we were supposed to lose because we had better athletes than people thought. Of course, recruiting is the name of the game. I don't care where you go. Yep. you know, if you don't have athletes, you just another guy down the field. And as a coach, what you need to do as a coach is find what they do best and let them do it, and get you some coaches that can coach. You have a chance to win every game if you, everything else is being right in terms of discipline and kids that that want to put, give a hundred percent to what they do. So the, the approach, the approach in high school, and I coach little league. By the way, you mentioned I, I coach youth football here at Huntsville. <laughs> he did he. <laughs> and, and, uh,
0: you, you yeah. served as the uh, youth director for the city of Huntsville, right?
3: Well, yeah, sir, you, you served as director and mm-hmm. um, the mayor behind me mean, because we had problems with uh, uh, gangs and all that kind of stuff. He wanted sure. And turn, it turned into a pretty good situation because our police department did a great job and uh, the, the, the neighborhood did a great job in terms of not having the same problems that the Birmingham's and the Mobile's were having. uh,
0: Coach, uh, I'm I'm sorry, but we are up against a hard break at the top of the hour. Uh, We're going to have to to hold you here. If you don't mind, stay on the line with us, and we'll come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint.
2: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net.
1: Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao.
0: Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Five minutes past the 10 o'clock hour, and we are lucky enough to still have Coach Ray Green on the line with us to continue our conversation about his life and times uh, as a Football coach in several different levels and areas, including youth football, as he was just talking about. But, uh, but, coach, one of the one of the big things that that, of course, we want to talk about is how did you end up at Iowa State uh, with Coach Majors?
3: Well, I was a, uh, as a mentioned, high school coach in Akron, Ohio, and um, I, I, I had always, I had you know, I'd never seen a black coach. On the sideline, all during the time I played from little league football up through college football. And, uh, when I went, uh, when I went to start Ohio State and, um, I left Ohio State and went back to Akron. Now, you know, I, and again, we, they weren't throwing the ball and I wasn't the big guy. So, uh, the yeah, play both ways. The chances of playing were slim. So I, I went back, uh, went back home, played for the University of Akron. When I got finished playing my, my athletic career, there, I needed, uh, I think, eight or ten hours. So Coach Larson, who had been one of my high school coaches, was a head coach at that time. That's if I wanted to help out with the team to experience school. So that's how I got into it. I had thought about being a coach, period, at that time. Uh, from there, I went to um, uh, Kenmore High School in Akron. Again, uh, there were no black coaches. I was only black coach there. I never thought much about it at the time. I was a great fan of the Cleveland Browns. I didn't see any in the pros. I didn't see any anywhere. But when I got into it, I found it was something I'd like to do. And, I, you know, I studied it and uh, uh, I liked doing it. But anyway, the guy that was the head coach at Tenmore High School and a friend that got a job in Akron, was a guy by the name of had some problems and he moved to Florida where his home was and took a job at Dan McCarty High School. It was 1966, right after integration, and they wanted to hire. They didn't have any black teachers. They had integrated the school system. And Mick called me and asked me if I wanted to come down to Florida. So I told him, yeah, I'll come down. I was a young guy, you know, just just uh, getting ready to get married. And I went down to the coach at Dan McCarty High School. And um, they didn't have any real racial problems, but um, there, were, there were some underlying problems. Uh, they had not won down there for a while, and uh, uh, the coach that had won was a, a previously was the athletic director, and it's nice guy. And we, you know, we did all right. We didn't win, but while I was there, I said, you know, um, I want to be a college coach, and I started figuring out how I could be a college coach. So I got Streed and here not know over here for me with the it. of those football films that comes up. and I wrote, I uh, made me some stationery. And I wrote a letter to every major college in the nation. Uh, I applied for graduate assistantships. I didn't know that. I know now that's not the way you do it. But what what happened was there was that, because um, I got back several letters, most of them were form letters. Uh, we, we received your application, and, and this time, you know. But the ones that looked like somebody had sat down and dictated a letter to, I, I wrote again. And that was about 40, 40 different colleges. And when I ruled the second time, I got offers for a lot of graduate assistantship. And in the interim, uh, I'm trying to make this story short, they didn't have many black administrators in, in the South when they integrated the schools. So there was a program at the University of Miami that were training administrators to go into situations where there hadn't been any black folks before. So I had applied for it. I didn't think I'd get it because it was something that people that had already been experienced teaching uh, had applied for also, but I ended up getting it. So I went, I rolled down to Miami, and uh, after I got the scholarship for the uh, at-risk teacher, at-risk administrator thing, and I went to Coach Charlie Tate's office, and um, I said, Coach, I, I didn't know him, he didn't, didn't know me, I said, I'm here for one or two things. I said, I, first of all, I said, I've got a scholarship to come down here to go to school and secondly i want to be a college football coach And i'm asking you can i help out with the football team here in miami i said now if you say no i'm going over here and i'm gonna tell i'm not taking that scholarship i'm going up to connecticut where i had already talked to a guy about coming up there so we talked and let me uh he said i can't pay you i said that's fine he ended up paying me and uh, that's uh that's how i got to miami and uh the next year, at the time now, we played Alabama. With, uh, we played Penn State. We played a bunch of bad Ted Hendricks. I don't know if you remember the Mad Stork. And Tony Klein, probably the two best defensive outside linebackers now they call them in the country, got a chance to actually coach guys that were All-Americans at Miami. And um, uh, Leroy Pierce, who was the, uh, Leroy Pierce had coached John Majors at the University of Tennessee, Leroy was – the offensive coordinator at the University of Miami. I didn't think he knew me from Adam. Hmm. And, and uh, at the time I was out there every day, but you know, he never said much to me. I was a gopher uh, as a graduate assistant up there. But uh, he came on my house one night, the dorm room at 12 o'clock and said, Ray, would you be interested in a, in a job coaching in college? I said, yeah. I said, I'm, what about here? He said, we don't have any openings. But he said, but John Majors is looking for a black coach. And at that time, I still there were no black coaches. So I said, yeah, I went up there and interviewed with John and got the job. Uh, and I also often tell young people, that said, you know, it's not who you know. People talk about, I know, I, I know this person. I know the president, but he doesn't know me. It's who knows you. And uh, although Leroy hadn't said much to me, he was noticing that, I guess, that I had done a good job and felt uh, felt good enough about me to recommend me the job. And that's how I got the job at Iowa State. And the next year, uh, just about everybody hired black coaches. But uh, I looked it up, and we were doing the book. I wanted to make sure that uh, no, we had a direct. But there were, there was one other guy, Frank Gillum, at the University of Iowa, that had gotten hired a couple years before. But it didn't have anything to do with the protest of black athletes. The black athletes were protesting in the '60s about treatment and that kind of thing, and is not wearing the head beards and mustaches a whole bunch of stuff but other than frank i was the first one i know in the big eight conference at the time and as i said and i hadn't seen the others so all during the time my coach that's how i got to iowa State I, I didn't know john but uh john knew Leroy and leroy knew me who i didn't think it paid much attention to what i was doing so i was okay you never know who's watching you. you know that is i don't care what job you're in so it's best to do your best job all the time when you have something to do because you never know who's watching you. and may have to come back and say something about you whether it's bad or good.
0: Absolutely. That, that's yeah. a fantastic, uh, you know, story to, to, to get from a high school coach to major college coach in just a couple of years. I mean, really two years. So – uh, it's it's a it's not it just is a testament to your uh, your work ethic and uh, your ability as a football coach. I think I think anybody who's spent any time around you, coach, will tell you that uh, you you certainly know the game and you understand young men and you have been a molder of young men for a long time. And we appreciate what you have done uh, both on the field and off the field and what you did. And how and what it meant to college football at the time.
3: Well, you know, I, I credit, actually I give credit to the young guys. That a lot of the guys that protested back during the '60s, the black athletes about treatment uh, were treated very badly. I, I know several lost scholarships and opportunities to play football and that kind of thing. So I give a lot of credit to them. And and you know, it, it's a uh, uh, we're going through we're going through things now that uh, it seems like it's just a cycle of things happening in. The, and uh, uh, a lot of it has to do with racism, I think, the way people approach it. But I, I see I see changes. I, and I'll, I'll say this politically. Uh, when George George Ford thing, I, it really warmed my heart, not the pro, not the violence in the protest, because that's not anything to do with the protest. You have some idiots do it. They're doing stupid stuff. But the fact that you had people of all races and all colors out there that, that said this is wrong, and, and they protested. And I've always had great faith in young, great faith and confidence that young people would do, would be doing to change things. And I think that that we're going to be our as the country. And uh, I think that coaches play a great role in it because of the fact that you, you get a chance to meet them at the point in their lives where they're just looking at the world in a different way. And, and, and four years, you know, you see them come from youngsters that just want to play football. A lot of them to the time when they're people make that in position to make decisions. And I've lived long enough not to have um, coached a bunch of guys that, that are now fifty and sixty years old that I'm so proud of the job they're doing and the things that they're doing in this country. Uh, it's, it's like the gifts they keep on giving.
0: I'm I'm very glad to hear that, Coach. And you're exactly right. You know, this uh, 1968 was a time of complete civil unrest in our country, but the next few years certainly made a little bit of a dent in the world with Woodstock and peace and love and hopefully we'll have a, a similar situation on the other side of, of this uh, but you know you, you've seen it all coach and you have you've been there through so many different things in your career and we appreciate you uh, spending some time telling us about those. Uh, here on our, our radio show and again you can get coach of a different color uh the life and coaching times of ray green uh it's available on online obviously amazon barnes and noble etc is is there anywhere else that they can get it coach i
3: think that those are places that's really the, about I, that's the best like place the to get it books. i don't think there's a better place to get it, get it. you know I I'd, I'd love to sell some books but I didn't write because I'm not Sure, certainly I know about break this stuff. As a matter of fact, I appreciate your job because we we do high school games here on on uh, ETV, and the preparation is really something in getting to the point where you can do a broadcast. But uh, uh, this this thing was written because of a guy in Atlanta. I uh, was talking to a convention, and he said you ought to put it down. And I thought it'd be something. It's historically it's something that I think that people would be interested in. But if I make some money out of it, fine. It's not, fine. But I I just, I, 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 do. I haven't read it yet again, but I'm going to. <laughs> but Chris, I appreciate appreciate you calling me in, and uh, you guys do a great job. And uh, I think a lot of times people think you just get on the radio and start talking, but a lot of preparation and, and, and things are needed to to do a good broadcast.
0: And appreciate it. Well, we, we, we do our very best, Coach. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. As uh, Coach Ray Green joined us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline this morning. And uh, we will certainly be keeping up with uh, with your book and, and everything else. And if, if you decide to write another one, let us know.
3: <laughs> I'll do it. Hey, guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right.
0: Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have Shaq Mason in the building. He will join us in the studio here momentarily. So stay tuned for that. Find us on Facebook, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com.
2: If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
1: school sports and beyond it's on southern middle tennessee sports today
2: welcome back to southern middle tennessee sports today i'm maurice patton chris Yao is tying up some loose ends on some breaking news that we've come across this morning and we'll get to that here in a second but local hospital local high school sports and beyond we are in the beyond realm right now <laughs> as um we would we would be, be on, would be on the parks motorsports motor sales I don't know why I want to keep saying motorsports the parks motor sales hotline but instead we have in studio former columbia central standout one of three columbia central players to have their number retired and two-time Super Bowl champion right two-time Two time, two-time Super Bowl champion Shaq Mason in studio with us um Shaq good morning
4: good morning man how you doing
2: doing well thanks appreciate you um taking some time out of what is I'm sure a busy off season to um to visit with us here today and um this this isn't a time of year that you're used to being in Columbia (laughs) (laughs) very
4: true very true um yeah, um, <laughs> first first year of my six-year career, I haven't made the playoffs. But um, <clears throat> So, yeah, it's, it's troubling times being back. But, I mean, it's always good to be back home, see the kids, see the family, just a little earlier than usual this year. Yeah.
2: You know, the one thing I wanted to ask you, Shaq, especially as we approach the Super Bowl on Sunday. Now, are you pro-Tampa Bay because you've got a former co- uh, teammate there, or are you anti-Tampa? Tampa Bay because you got a former teammate definitely, there. Definitely,
4: definitely pro Tampa Bay. Definitely yeah. pro Tampa Bay. I mean, I it's it's unbelievable what what um, twelve is doing right now. I mean, you know, um, he made a decision to leave us, and you know that that's his decision. You know, I'm, I'm happy for him that that you know he went somewhere else and had great success and led his team to you know NFC championship and possibly a world championship, so we'll see Sunday, but I'm, I'm definitely rooting for, for Tom.
2: In retrospect, I guess it's tough to have been surprised by the success that he had this year in Tampa Bay, but obviously going in there, there were a lot of questions.
4: Definitely. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is I knew he was going to get guys to – get in line, fall in line. I mean, he's that's just the impact he has. He's a tremendous leader, tremendous people person. So um, I knew he wouldn't have any type of trouble getting those guys to rally around him.
2: That said, is that what you all missed this year? Um,
4: I wouldn't say, per se, we, we definitely missed, you know, a leader because um, – you know, we still got guys in the locker room that's been there with him. We've got guys in there that's won multiple Super Bowls. So we had the identity. We know we know what we had to do. We just fell short this year, honestly.
0: I, I mean, do you blame Tom for going to Tampa Bay? I mean, New England, Tampa Bay. Come on, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> if you have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> no i i i think i think you're right it's it's you know it, it's a decision that he made and and but you guys i mean that program of the new england patriots is is so you know turnover driven every you know there, there's so many different players how, how many different faces do you see every year you know it, it's, it's quite a few i'm sure
4: oh uh, it is definitely uh, it's a lot of turnover um you got guys that come in from other teams that are that that become Patriot greats or guys that come in and they're there for a cup of coffee, you know. So it's it's just like, you know, you that's just the turnover in general in the in the league because I mean, it's honestly a next man up mentality. One guy leaves, another guy takes over, one man goes down, another guy steps up. I mean, it's just tremendous turnover and I think that's the the beauty of the NFL is you know, you're in college you got a starter go down, you're you're the guy the next man up is not gonna be up to speed as mm. usual, you know, maybe SEC, but that's about it. So I mean I think that's the beauty in it, but it's definitely tremendous turnover and guys in and out and um I mean it's kinda you gotta embrace it because you know that's what it's gonna be each and every year.
2: You know, Chris you talked about Brady having a choice, Tampa Bay, New England you faced that choice a couple of years ago as a free agent. Is that right? Um, did you ever actually reach free agency, or what?
4: I never. I never reached free agency. I signed the. Um. I signed an extension. Okay. The year before I was going to hit free agency, so after my third season, that's when I signed my extension, and so I. I think I honestly did that to, you know, we were coming off a. Of, um, we actually coming off of a Super Bowl loss to the Eagles and um but that was 2017 so i think my first 3 years that was my first 3 years i'd went to the afc championship super bowl super bowl so i was like you know why <laughs> would <why> i leave <laughs> why this isn't a hard decision at all you know so but um you know that's the decision i made happy with it still happy with it so
2: it's cold up there
4: It is. (laughs) It's very cold up there for sure.
2: And for a guy who grew up in Columbia, played his college ball in Atlanta, what was that transition like initially, that first? Um, Initially it was definitely a
4: a shock just from the only time we see traffic is, you know, if we're going to Nashville when people are getting off work, you know. But Atlanta is, I think that was the biggest thing for me my freshman year was like, it's traffic every hour of every day, <laughs> nonstop, and um, I mean just being in a city. You know, I think that was a big adjustment for me too. Because I'm, you know, everybody here, we all know each other. Everybody knows each other. You're in a big city. You see somebody one day. You will never see them the whole time you're in that city. So I mean, it's it's just a it was a crazy culture shock for me when I first got there.
2: Did that help you when you went to the NFL? When you went to New England? Definitely. At- Having kind of made that transition once right. already. Right. I think that definitely helped the uh, the progression
4: move along as I went to, you know, a different city.
2: You talk about being in Columbia and everybody knows you. How does that work? I mean, you're not Shaq anymore. You're Shaq. I mean, do, <laughs> do people come up to you? Do they crowd around you? Do they give you your space? How does how does um, that work?
4: It's a little bit of both. Um I mean, uh, if you know, me and my kids, we uh we go out to eat. Um <laughs> it's funny because they always uh they always know like if we go to a public restaurant or something here, they know that we'll get stopped sometime during while we're eating. At so, you point. know, they always <laughs> they always, you know, get a kick out of that and they um they're older they're getting older. So they kinda grasping the fact that, you know, I'm in the NFL and what I do and you know, earlier they were like, Why does everybody want to take pictures with you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but now they're kinda grasping it, so but um but yes a little bit of both. I mean, but I don't mind it though. I mean, that's why like I said, everybody knows each other. I'm I'm a hometown guy, so I embrace it. I love my city and um I say you know, it's, it's nothing like Columbia, honestly.
0: Shaq, don't don't let Mo fool you. We go out all the time, and people be like, hey, Mo, hey, Maurice. And he'll look at me like, I don't know who that person was. So he gets that, too. He, I mean, they're not taking pictures with him, but he, he, people recognize him, too. Don't, don't let him it. fool you. I believe you. it. Trust, trust me. It, it. Trust
2: me. It's not to that degree. <laughs> but um, uh, why is Tampa Bay going to beat Kansas City this weekend? Hmm. Why is Tampa Bay gonna be Kansas City?
0: Is Tampa Bay? going to about to say it don't sound like he thinks Tampa Bay's gonna win.
4: Man, that's a that's a game I'm watching. Like it's 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 gonna be a great game. I can say that much. But um I mean I'm going with I'm going with Tampa Bay just because <laughs> okay. it's a former quarterback. Uh and I just I just don't see my man getting that close and you know Hmm. He hates to lose, you know what I'm saying? So, he, he just has a mentality that he's going to refuse to lose. But also, <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, that team on the other side, I mean, nobody has done what Patrick Mahomes has done as quick as he's done it, you know. So, it'll be a battle. It'll definitely be a battle. I mean, there's no, there's no offense as explosive as Kansas City right now. So, I mean, um, I think it'll be a battle, but – I think I got 12 taking it.
0: I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, though, is it's not just Tom. I mean, Gronk makes that team and gives him some familiarity as well. So, and you're talking about the two best tight ends in probably the history of the game postseason-wise, Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski. How – how how much different is that than what we're seeing elsewhere in the NFL exactly. is that why they're ex- while they're better because they have really good tight ends
4: they i mean that, that I think I think a great tight end is key to to success in um the NFL because if you have a tight end that say Gronk for for instance um Gronk is is <laughs> 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 all world you know what I'm saying so it's the man can block, he can catch, you know what I'm saying? He he does it all. And, you know, you got Kelsey, who is like a wide receiver lined up a tight end. So, I mean, explosive tight ends are definitely the name of the game now.
2: Make you wish you had played a different position? <laughs> <laughs>
4: I like I the low-profile O-line, you oh, know. Man. Well, let's go under the radar. I
2: hear you. you know, we'll go in Jones and Lang every now and then and they've got those plaques up back there in that back hall and um there's yeah. one up of a of a certain guy in a baseball uniform. I mean yeah. right? you, you got um <laughs> you you probably could have played some tight end. What were your corner infielder?
4: Uh yeah, I was third baseman.
0: There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Multi talented. Could, could you imagine hit standing in the box and hitting it to third base and Shaq's over there? I mean, he's definitely the biggest kid on the team. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> You're like, oh man. Can can you imagine being a
2: pitcher and Throwing seeing him in the box? Yeah, that Strike Zone got a little bigger. Yeah. That's about
4: it. A little taller.
0: Did you play at the high school level?
4: I didn't. I did not.
0: Okay. Um Dan Jane said hello, Shaq.
4: Oh, so I'm gonna say what up.
0: He's watching. Shaq said, what up? Hey,
2: uh, <laughs> man. Um, mentioned that you are one of three Columbia Central guys to have their number retired. Um, Fred Barkman, Tredarius Goff. I'm sure you heard that um, Trey D has joined the um, the coaching staff down at Mount Pleasant. As a former teammate, what was your reaction to that news? Was that something that you knew was coming at y'all? Um talked yeah, I about did. That? We, uh,
4: we definitely discussed it. We discussed it. Um he called me the day before he made the decision and you know, we, we talked about it and um we felt that, you know, he felt that, you know, that was the best was that was the best decision for um him at the time and you know I support him 100% that's my brother and I'm just glad to see him getting an opportunity to do what he loves I mean me personally I wish you know he could have gotten that opportunity here in Columbia but I mean I don't I don't know the nuances and all that that goes into it but I just know me as me talking from a brother's standpoint I'm just so happy to see him get that opportunity to do what he loves and be around the game that he loves.
2: It's good stuff. And um, obviously that that's a hire that has some some reverberations across two communities, obviously. When you've got a guy who's done what he's done going down there and as you said, you wish you could have seen it at Central. So lot of lot of intrigue there.
0: Oh no doubt. I guess. (laughs) No doubt. Um
2: again. We're not on the Parks Motor Sales hotline but we do have in studio two-time Super Bowl champion Shaq Mason. Um, what else? What's that like? What what is it like? What's what's How 20? old are you? 27. 27 years old. Six six year in the league? Six. six. Yep. And this is the first year he's not been in the playoffs. In the playoffs. What? Yeah. Been, to, been to the Super Bowl three times.
4: Been to the Super Bowl three times.
2: Won it twice.
4: Won it twice. Yep. Uh,
2: what? What, what, what are do the, you do for
4: an encore? <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are the days after the Super Bowl like? Uh, is it just man. depends <laughs> on whether you win or lose? Yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it just you know finally all that all the stuff that you've been doing just kind of taking a break and s- relaxing a little.
4: Um. It's it's definitely time off. Like you, once you win the Super Bowl, you're like, "We did it. Our job is done." Less, but the but the crazy thing about it is, you take time off, but it's like, "All right, let's get this. Let's let's do this again." Like be, yeah. that feeling is never like when when we won in 2016. I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Then 2017, we lost. Then we went back twenty eighteen. I'm like, wow, this is the greatest feeling. There. So I, I think sure. you never stop chasing that high. Like each time is sweeter as you know, it's better than the last.
0: Is there a difference between a Super Bowl championship and a twenty ten state championship?
4: It is that feeling. It is. It's it's definitely a it's definitely a a, a difference because I mean they're they neck and neck, don't don't get don't get me wrong. Because for instance, that state championship, these are guys that you grew up with. Um a lo- lot of those guys that I that we won the state championship with, we all been playing against since we were seven years old. So it was that was like a lifelong journey, you felt like, sure. you know, like we've been playing for ten we years. We literally together. worked our entire lives to right, this for moment. This. Yeah. So that was definitely a huge moment for us. But um, the Super Bowl it's it's a whole different aspect. It's the it's, highest level, yes, yeah, the high yeah you at the highest level, it's the best of the best, mano a mano. Everybody's watching like it's if you you win it you're you know you're the world champions so, like it's 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 very few things that can top any sports you know accomplishment than you know winning the world championship
0: shaq mason is in the parks motor cells hot seat <laughs> and uh we're gonna take a quick break but shaq if you don't mind stick around for one more question at least because uh coach duncan says he wants to remind you about the meal they had that you two had after you committed to georgia tech we'll find out what that meal was <laughs> on the other side of this break on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee born and Joints. stay tuned
1: middle Tennessee sports today the sports talk show you've always wanted
0: welcome back in to southern middle Tennessee sports today presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint 17 minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour here on this Thursday edition of the show as the wind is picking up incredibly my goodness look at the the trees out front not trees they're supposed to be bushes but they've grown into trees uh so there's that um Real quick, before we get back into uh, our interview with Shaq Mason, breaking news on the Southern Middle Tennessee sports website, sm-tnsports.com, as we have learned this morning that Independence head basketball coach, boys basketball coach, after we told you about Brian Glazer in the first hour, boys basketball coach Doug Kyle has now also resigned this morning and uh, will n- effective immediately.
2: Will not coach in tomorrow night's game against Visiting Summit.
0: That's that's immediate. Yeah, that's that's immediate.
2: Will not coach in today's practice getting ready for (laughs) that Summit game. Immediate,
0: yes. Uh, And uh, not that it's a funny situation. Not to joke
2: about, but no, this effective immediately. Um, Darren Joins um, reached out while we were on the air, so thanks to Darren for that. Finally. Yeah, exactly, because so much of this stuff typically happens at, like, 11.05. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Never fails.
2: But, uh, yeah, um, hate this. Not sure exactly what has taken place, but I do know I covered Doug when he played at Franklin High School. He and his brother David. Mm-hmm. And so, um, rarely it's a mid-season resignation, a good thing. And so, uh, um. Hate this
0: development. Yes, that's that's the best way to put it. We this develop this is very upsetting because I love Coach Kyle. I think he's a great coach. He's 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 gotten he's made this team better each and every year, mm-hmm. and uh, had a really good chance this year to to be successful. But uh, been great to work
2: with as well. Yes.
0: He, he has been great to work with. So unfortunate news. Doug Kyle is now out as Independence's boys basketball coach, and they are looking for both boys and girls basketball coaches in the middle of a season, which is uh, never ideal. Right. so Jeff Parker
2: is set to take over the rest of the way for, for Indy's boys.
0: There you have it. Jeff Parker will be the interim head basketball coach for the Eagles in tomorrow night's game against Summit. That you can hear right here on WKOM 1017 FM, the golden pipes of Mike Epley and the big brain, Justin Lamb. <laughs> Huge brain. Bringing all the knowledge. That's it. All right, Shaq. Before this break, we we, we talked about uh, Coach Duncan. Wes Duncan says, uh, ask him about the meal we had after he committed to Georgia Tech. It was the best meal he's ever eaten. Then he says, you ate like a king and slept the whole way home. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: That I do remember. (laughs) I remember going to sleep. Because I have actually um, left a glass, like my head print on his window. Um, Oh, that's (laughs) funny. The back back right seat of his uh, truck had my head print on it for about, I think about a year and a half. That's so funny.
2: Which means he didn't clean his windows for about a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Dang, Wes, clean your windows, bro. Clean your windows, Wes, yeah.
2: (laughs) The first of many great meals, though, I would imagine. Definitely.
0: Definitely. (laughs) Hey, we
2: were talking off air. As the NFL season approached, a lot of guys had the option and decided to opt out of this season in light of the pandemic situation. One of them is um, kind of your neighbor, Dante Hightower from Marshall County. Um, as tough as it was going through this season, I would imagine it had to be even tougher sitting and watching it from Lewisburg. What, what was, um what did you take from Dante? I mean, how was, how often were y'all in communication? What was he saying? I know y'all got to be pretty close. Yeah. Um, that's
4: my guy. Um, he would, we would also, um, well, we, I'm sorry. We would always talk after each game, and um just evaluating cuz he had his uh iPad at home the team iPad and he would just watch practices watch different things and you know just tell me little things here and there and um after games sometimes you know I hit him up like man we 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 missing you out there and um you know it, it it was tough I know it was tough for him watching because he has that mentality to where whether he's watching or out there, you know, he, he does not want to see us lose. And I know he wished he could be out there. Um, but, you know, the the uh, virus and everything that was going on, he made that decision. And, um, you know, it was the best decision for him and his family, especially with his uh, – he just had a newborn. So I definitely understood his decision behind it. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to having him back on the field next year because that that will definitely boost – Everyone's play,
2: kind of like getting the band back together, right? Huh? Right? Because you, I thought I read at one point the Patriots had the most opt-outs of anybody in the league. I'm not sure how accurate that is. Yeah, but
4: we we had we had we led the league in opt-outs all year.
0: And you know, a lot of people will look at this season and say, "Well, clearly it was Tom Brady, and it wasn't Bill Belichick." And but I mean, you you have to understand there are a lot of different things that go into this particular season i mean you're talking about a team that like you said missing their you know their leader in the middle of the defense you know and 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 many others
2: what was this year like for you like you said it's the first year you've not made the playoffs um got a little spoiled i guess (laughs) right
4: yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that that was something that that most people brought to my attention they were like man you, you you've been spoiled you're your NFL career. Welcome to done, the NFL. Like yeah, what <laughs> what y'all have done is is not normal. So um, this was definitely a reality check. But um, all in all, though, it was it was a fun year playing because I'm I'm doing what I love to do. I mean, I get paid to play a game that I do for free. So don't say um, that too loud. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I mean, it, it was it's fun. You know, every every, every down I play is a blessing because I mean, this game's you know, NFL's not for long, so <laughs> each each down is a blessing, so I take full advantage of each and every play, each and every snap, each and every game, but um, unfortunately, we fell short of our goal, which is to win the championship each and every year, which is, you know, we fell short, so we gotta strike it up and try again next year, but um, I think a, a big thing that goes into that, like, this year is a total that sums it up. I think um, Bill went on record saying it, honestly, but Um, like you said, though, we, we sold out, you know, for what, I think it was, it was some stat where like five of the last, five of the last three Super Bowls, the Patriots won or something like that. Um, so that was including 2014 when I was in college, but you know, um, just little things like that, like it's going to be some turnaround you know nobody's going to just keep winning but um so this year was a down year some some would say um but even if you go back and watch the games we were it's, it's hard to talk about because we were we were that close like we were we were very close to being in the playoffs being you know but you know mm-hmm. that's the game we fell short chalk it up try again next year but um i'm definitely looking forward to getting guys back getting guys back healthy and um going out there with the guys again and trying to compete
0: how weird is it being in an empty stadium with like early i know you guys didn't have any many if any fans yeah we didn't have any all year i mean you're just you're just out there by your, you can hear everything because what you hear on television is production tele. It's not popped into the stadium. It's pro- popped into your television. So you guys don't hear anything except right. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> each other.
4: I remember the first our first um our first game against the Dolphins, where everybody was asking me. They were like, "Is that the the noise that we're hearing? Uh, like, did y'all actually have fans?" I'm like, "No, that was for y'all to hear. We're <laughs> we're hearing everyone breathe, talk, like." If you, you hear Mike your coaches Duck. on the sideline, like, you know, <laughs> it's crazy because this year I can never hear anybody on the sideline. But, like, um, after a play, you can hear the play being called from the coach, like, screaming it out. I'm like, that is weird because it's, you never hear that when, when it's a regular, you know, normal season. Do you like that better,
0: being able to hear the sideline? Nah. I like <laughs> the fans. <so laughs>
2: I, like, I like the fans. I do. That's interesting. That is interesting. I, I, I never, for whatever reason, I never really thought about that. But yeah, I mean, you're hearing things that you've never heard before, right? Or, or maybe right. not since high school. Exactly. Yeah.
0: That's so crazy. It I is. can't imagine going from sixty-seven thousand folks to, to none. zero. Zero. To be yeah. That like you wild. run out
4: of the you run out of the tunnel, the cannons and stuff go off, and you are just it's, looking like. Yeah, it's just us. It echoes. <laughs> it's just us. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom. We all we got. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think another thing that goes into that though is, I mean, once the game actually starts, you could care less about the not having fans or any of that because when that ball kicks off, I mean, hey, if you worried about the fans at that point, <laughs> it's going to be a long day for you. So, I
2: mean, once the ball kicks off, it's, it's
4: all ball after that.
2: So, With that in mind, I guess you kind of enjoyed the road trips where you went someplace where there were fans in the stands, even if they weren't necessarily your fans. Exactly. Could you hear them, too? It was just good to
4: see people in the stands. Could you hear them, too, though? Yeah, you could. You could. (laughs) You could. I think, um, what was it, Seattle, (laughs) Seattle, Houston, and Kansas City, I think those are the only places we went that had fans, but. It was just good to see to see fancy uh, people in
2: the seats, man. So you guys did play Kansas City this year. We did. Okay. We did. Did not play New England. Uh, I mean, did yeah. not play Tampa Clearly. Bay. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. Did not play Tampa Bay. No, we didn't. So we you didn't. didn't have to sit on the sideline and watch 12 work.
4: Right, good. right. Next year, we play we play them this upcoming season, though. So, so
0: yeah. I expect he'll be out there. What? What is what what is that defense like in Kansas City? Is, is are they trying to confuse con, trying to confuse you guys, or are they trying or are they just lining up and playing football?
4: They they're lining up and playing football. Like KC, they they do what they do, you know. And it's stop us, stop us if you can't get what you can get. But um, I think they they do a great job of like working with their offense because they know. If they, say, a team starts off the game, gets the ball, and KC's on defense, they know if they get one stop, their offense is liable to score. If they get two stops, that's two touchdowns, game's over. You know, like, <laughs> so they're not, KC's not going to stop scoring. So that's, I think that's the biggest thing. Their defense is to, when they get off the field, they know, okay, we, we got something going. But if you can just stack first downs on them and make them stay on the field, you got a fighting
2: chance. And and that puts pressure on you as an offense I would think knowing that hey if if we get down two touchdowns on oh, this Oh, yeah, bunch, yeah. <laughs> and
4: then it, as offense as well if you get up I mean last year against the Texans I think the Texans were up like 24-0 and they came back and beat them by like
2: 15 or something
4: like the
0: Titans were up two touchdowns I think everybody yeah. was up two yeah. touchdowns
2: on them which and, and so that's it's it's almost like, when's it coming? Huh?
4: Exactly. You know it's coming, but you, you just got to hold on. You know, just got to hold on. Like but. back
0: in the 90s, Mo, when uh, you knew, even if the Braves weren't winning the division, at some point between July and August, they were going to go on a 15-0 or 16-2 run or something where they, or, they, they won a bunch of games and they win the division. Or
2: even before that, I, I think about the old Showtime Lakers. Oh, yeah. When you knew, regardless of what was going on in the game, at some point they were going to go on like a – Eighteen 0 run on you or something like that, and so you just tried to hold it down as long as you could <laughs> and get as many as you could before they did that. Right. Same thing with these guys. Like you yeah. said, they're just so explosive. They are. They are. Man, better to play offense against them than defense oh, against them. <laughs> oh
4: man, I couldn't imagine how how can you cover Tyreek? You know, what I'm saying like it's it's just it's amazing. They can each each play can go for eighty. So I mean
0: man Shaq, thanks so much for being in here with us we appreciate your time we are uh, we are about out of time but yes we do appreciate you coming in hanging out with us talking a little super bowl and columbia central and everything else uh, but yeah and you are welcome back in here anytime we appreciate it uh, thank you all right this is that was the uh, parks motor sales hot seat with Shaq mason This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are here each and every weekday, 9 to 11 a.m. on WKOM, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, down in Winchester on WZYX. We appreciate you guys listening in there. And if you want to visit with us on Facebook, you can do just that. We're on Facebook Live, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Just put that in your little search bar. It'll come right up. If you missed any part of today's show and you want to go back and hear it, you can hear it on the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search SM-TN Sports today. Again, breaking news on the website right now, sm-tnsports.com. We appreciate you guys visiting the website, listening in, watching everywhere. Follow us on Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports. We appreciate you guys. For the Hall of Famer Maurice Patton, producer JP Plant, I'm Chris Yao saying, have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.